Okay. All right. All right. Hello. Uh, uh, are we going to start up? No, I was just going to say backup is going. <laughs> oh, okay. Go. Good, good. No, no. Uh, okay. Hello, and welcome to the Iacon Underground Patreon bonus episode. Every uh, every month we decide to uh, reward you uh, generous Patreon donors with uh, a little bit of bonus content, and uh, in this case, uh, punish ourselves. <laughs> what What do you mean ourselves? All right, mostly me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You guys. Our previous I, episodes. I our previous episodes have mostly been uh, on current movies, but unfortunately, it's August. So unless everybody wants to talk about the uh, discount showing of the Dark Tower, I just went to. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, fan favorite Logan Lucky. <laughs> yeah, there, there there are some good movies out there. They're just not well. We aim more towards comic booky or Star Wars, probably when that comes out. Yeah, blockbusters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we go more towards blockbusters. We, we skipped over a few movies that were good. Um, Anyway, since our previous episode on Kimono Friends was such a hit, we've uh, decided <laughs> to venture into that again, going right back to the beginning with the first episode, Savannah. Now, I uh, I made an argument when when David just wanted to do more anime that we should do uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, but the only real argument I had in favor of that is I am gay. And uh, that, unfortunately, was not a sufficient argument for us to all watch Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. I mean, I've been meaning to watch that, so... I'm not opposed to the idea. Maybe we could do an episode at some point. So I think this has been explained to me before, but is this a maid who is a dragon, or a maid to a dragon? No, she is a maid who is a dragon. Okay, so I would think that would impede you in your maidly duties. Yes, it like, does. Like your tail's always knocking over vases and stuff. A little bit. Yeah, there's many complications involved. I mean, is this made like a dragon in the sense of like a a smaug or what have you? Or in the sense of a kimono yes. friend where it's like a pretty girl with a tail? Both. Yes. Well, she can be either. Okay, then. She can take a human form, but she is, at heart, a big scary dragon who just wants to eat people, except she will make an exception for Miss Kobayashi because she saved her, and now she is passionately in lesbians with her. Okay, well, until that last sentence, I was going to say it's like a Han Solo Chewbacca thing, which, (laughs) I mean, I don't know what Ron Howard's going to do with that movie, so maybe. kind of is inexplicably, if... Instead of owing a life debt, Chewbacca just showed up on Han Solo's doorstep one day. And then also, if Han Solo was just a uh, clerical worker at some dumb office somewhere. Yes. And Chewbacca was wearing a maid outfit. I mean... Because he heard... And had a little adorable cousin. I mean, I'm not going to check deviant art, but I'm willing to bet that there is Chewbacca in a maid outfit. Are you saying Itchy is not an adorable cousin? After after Han saved him, he drunkenly mentioned really liking maids, which is the entire point of of the maid thing, (laughs) is that Miss Kobayashi was drunk when she saved her, which is why she said, hey, you should come live with me. Uh, Also mentioned really liking maids. So it's kind of like that that, uh, show that they're trying to pitch on Seinfeld, where uh, somebody has to become another guy's butler. Probably, so. except more dragon. Right, yeah, no no dragons on that show. Would it have been a gay butler? I think just butler. Oh. I mean, it was the 90s. We hadn't fully discovered gay people yet. I mean, it's it's explicitly... Yeah, it's explicitly in that direction. I mean, in the 90s, we'd only found a few rudimentary Ellens. Yes. <laughs> yes. We had yet to fully discover their uh, their ancient civilization. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of uh, girls, like tackle hugging each other, come on over. Yeah. Friend. So this. So yeah, we start at the beginning here, and uh, they just throw you right into it. We are running through uh, Savannah, and this is totally inaccurate. I don't see any guys in like white suits. Uh, no sweet tea, no mint juleps. Uh, yeah. Uh, wrong Savannah. 
I, I no like... inappropriate monuments. Yay, top quality. <laughs> I oh. like that starts with her, like, sleeping up in a tree, because I'm like, I also would like to be sleeping in a tree. Yeah, it, it's a very relaxed introduction. It's like, it pans over views of the savannah, the the nice matte paintings. Weird. Well, wait, is it a matte painting? And if it's anim- background animation. Yeah, background, just background painting. In a tree. You zoom in a, a little little cat ears and a tail sleeping in a tree, little sparkling energon cubes coming up from the ground. Okay, I I would like to take a moment here to bring up something that I probably should have brought up in the first episode that we did this. Except I didn't really it didn't really stand out as much until we saw that Transformers Collector Girl comic. Yeah. What what women actually wear, like, sleeveless blouses that button down the front? Because I'm not aware of that being a style that anyone actually cares about, except for guys who just want to use the buttons down the front as an excuse to make the breasts more prominent. Yeah, I, I have never seen that myself. As as a woman, I, I mean, I've seen it, but not currently. <laughs> that is not in fashion. Well, maybe it's back in Japan. They got weird things, or maybe they're just trying to like bring up like maid cafe look. Sure, sure. I mean, I I feel like anime has a long and storied history of not understanding fashion, so yes. it's, it's not like that's a big deal. But that bothered me when we first watched it because I was like, no one. That's not a thing that people wear these days. And then we saw it again in that Transformers comic, and I was like, that is not a thing people wear! (laughs) Either it's in fashion in Japan, or like, sometimes they've seen like, either ten years ahead or ten years behind, or you could go back and look at Sailor Moon fashions and they look fantastic now. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I mean, I know that I see girls running down the street with a piece of toast toast in their mouth all the time. Yeah. So that's that's just my my statement there is that because Serval is wearing that kind of shirt with a little bow tie and a little Serval print skirt, which is adorable, but not actually like in keeping with any sort of actual fashions. And also like opera gloves. Yes. And and a big M in her hair for some reason. Well, that's that's a pattern on a serval. They have that. Oh, okay. Forehead. Yeah. So it doesn't stand for anything. No, no, she is not Majin Serval from Dragon. <laughs> Ball. I was thinking more like Magneto. No, that's no, oh. Wait, Magneto has an M on his helmet? Not Sometimes. no, but he used to wear that costume that did have like a giant M on like his tunic. Oh, oh, oh no, no, and and the um <laughs> the outline of his outfit. face used to be sort of an M. Mm. Yes. Oh. I mean, the helmet is kind of a giant M as far as the reveal of the face goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Serval wakes up in a tree, and it's adorably animated. And then we cut to Sam Raimi cam. <laughs> yes. I, the animation in this is so weird. I mean, it is a really cool shaky cam effect going through, like, PS1 grass sprites <laughs> yeah. to simulate a chase through the savanna grass, and it it's cool, and it's weirdly lo-fi, and something I kept noticing throughout this is just wildly varying levels of production quality in scenes. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. That's the entire thing about this show is the, the um, oh, sh- I forget the name of the production company. I should have looked it up again. But, um, they've done other things before, but they were only like shorts or like one episode of something that was only like 15 minutes long. So this was the, their first full-length animation episode. So there are parts that look janky as hell, and other parts that look, wow, that looks fantastic, considering the budget of ten guys working on this. Yeah, it's just... There's parts where it's kind of both like this, where the camera movement's impressive, the sense of action's good, the frame rate dips, it doesn't seem like they're uh, doing lip movements, no shadows, and it's just like, okay... It's very Beast Wars. What you chose to do and not to do. This yeah, is true. It says the production company is Yao Yoruzu, which does not even have a Wikipedia page. Okay. Why wow. Does that, not have a pre- that is a mistake, considering how everybody loves it. Though. 
I mean, it seems like one of those situations where the Wikipedia page would be a direct redirect to Kimono Friends. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there is, uh, she is stalking. Uh, sadly, sadly, she is not sneaking up on Bruce Campbell, uh, but on Bag. Or, well, she doesn't even have a name well, yet. She, no, she, she doesn't she have is, a name. Uh, unlike Serval, a person. She's, well, she appears to be human. She at least appears to appears be a person. To be, yes. Wearing like a pith helmet. She looks like a lost uh, zoo tour guide. Yes. And or possibly just child who was very enthusiastic to be on a zoo tour. Yes. And indeed, her hat is kind of looking worse for wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a hole in the front and in the back. I was going to say, do pith helmets get those kind of holes? They should. What? Aren't they? <laughs> oh, I can't remember. I think it's actually a joke that the pith helmets are made out of, like, orange rinds or something. That may be a false fact I heard somewhere. What? But they're, they're, they're solid compact things, they should not have holes. Although this may be made of cloth, considering the way the holes are. And it doesn't really look that thick. I mean, I, I yeah, see it's canvas over I some sort of stiffer thing. material. Yeah, but it's very pith helmet shaped. Okay, you know what a pith helmet is made out of? What? Pith? Pith. Yeah. Pith. Okay, <laughs> okay, it wasn't locked down. What, what is pith, though? Uh... I'm asking the hard questions. I'm, I'm familiar with uh, pithy comments. Oh, it is a, a soft or spongy tissue in plants or animals. Mm-hmm. It is uh, orange shit. <laughs> that doesn't help. The, uh, the pith of the sola, which is oh. a uh, flowering plant of the family Fabacea, is used mm-hmm. to make pith helmets. Hmm. Okay, so it wasn't orange rind, it just, or skin, it, it's something similar, though. Okie dokie. Yeah. Which has nothing to do with this, anyway. No. Although I'm sure that they've... I mean, because this show is, like, super popular, right? Uh, by accident, yes. Like, it's it's a tie-in anime for a cell phone game that had stopped being a cell phone game. It was pulled off of the phones months before this even came out. But I guess this was such a hit that they're they're like they're making there are only twelve episodes of this, which seems yeah. short for anime. Is that correct? Not really. No, no. no that, oh. That's kind of no. Each um, core they're called is like a season of anime. It's like broken up into twelve, thirteen episode chunks. Okay. So that's the standard. So so you get like twelve episodes, twenty four episodes, fifty episodes. They go in okay quarterly chunks. So that's that that it's that short isn't a problem. It, it's just that it became insanely popular for, out of freaking nowhere, effectively. <laughs> and so because now they're, they're producing a second season, I believe. Uh, yes, it's uh, th- there's no definitive. Here's the page. We're making a second season, but like the, the people that made it, like the director, posted the thing that had a picture of an object we'll see at the end of the series with a number two written on it. And there's enough oh, hands who's to... Who's this we? We... We'll get there. It may take no. a year or two, but we'll get there. I... You know, I... Admittedly, I'm really bad at, like, actually watching things, because normally I'm just like, maybe I'll go play Skyrim instead, but I, I think I might have to continue through this series when I'm done with Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and there's... Also rumors that they're going to make another game, maybe a different cell phone game or something. It's popular enough that that the DVDs, that that aren't even selling as regular DVDs, they're DVDs that are selling with, like, an art book. So they're more expensive, and those have been selling like crazy. Jeez. Well, uh, Blu-ray. Right, but... I mean, we. I think it's fairly common knowledge, even amongst the non-anime fans like myself, that anime DVDs are... Crazy expensive. Yes, like and what the economics hell? of DVDs in Japan in general that make them yeah. really expensive. It's just if you're printing stuff limited to Japanese language audience, that's already just a fraction of what you're getting if you're publishing for English speaking. Yeah, a oh, lot of shows sell in like less than a thousand copies. This is selling way more. <laughs> <laughs> but like, since it's with the art book, the actual numbers are vaguer. Like, a high-selling anime now is usually, like, 10,000 DVDs. 
Oh. Unless you're like super popular. And even 10,000 is like, wow, that's a lot. So anyway, uh, yeah, Serval, who is uh, based on a, uh, like a Savannah cat, that is like a, a sort of a smaller a, cat. Serval. Yeah, it, it's a little bitty cat with big ears and ammo on its head. They're pretty it's adorable. about the size of a, no, it's a little bit bigger than a house cat. Okay. And yeah, she is a sort of animal person uh, known as a friend. Yes. So she has, you know, like the cat ears and the tail, and those are like part of her. Even though, as we noted in the previous episode, I believe she also has, like, regular ears. Yeah, well, you even <laughs> see it. She has regular ears, which is a thing I forgot. It's like, she has four ears. It's yes. a little weird. But her cat ears are actual working ears. Which I think is enough to make her, like, a Batman villain. <laughs> I mean, he fought the ten-eyed man, so I'm sure the four-eared woman could, uh, you know. Yeah. She can hear That'll twice as there. well as a regular person. Dun-dun. Ah. <gasps> oh, speaking of hearing, the, the, I noticed re-watching this that the sound design is really surprisingly good. Like, when she's waking up, there, there's cute waking up sound effects and her running around that just... Even just, like, the voice acting is energetically fun. Because, like, the first things you hear is Serval laughing and, and making fun noises as she's chasing... The human bag around. Yes, being pretty adorable. She's very it, excited to have a thing to chase. Admittedly, her, some of the running scenes look really weird, like sliding through the grass. Just yeah. bad. Yeah. And then it culminates on a backflip tackle. <laughs> yes. So yeah, she is, uh, Serval assumes that this, uh, this person must have been brought to life by a sand star. Yes, the, well, it's the, the you see the volcano in the background with the giant energon cubes coming out of it. Yes, <laughs> the, the sand star fall is the little energon cubes thingies that land on the ground and bring uh-huh. friends to life. Of course, we also got a catchphrase before that. Oh, well, yeah. The, sugoi. Uh, well, <laughs> okay, not sugoi. Well, there's that, but like when Serval pounces on um, the, the girl. She's breathing heavily, which is something that is in this show, in CG, that, like, I have just realized, like, it doesn't show up in the anime that much, that people are seen actually breathing, because in normal animation, that's extra cells you have to draw. Yes. So while she's heavily breathing, um, girl on the bottom asks, Please don't eat me! And Serval shouts, I won't eat you! As you Aww. wish. Which does raise the question of what the friends do eat. <laughs> we saw that in episode four. The, um, Japari buns. Oh, right, right, right. I totally forgot about that because I, I mean, the, the Serval... You repressed the memory. Yes, it is a predator. <laughs> yes. And uh, are there, like, regular animals? Is there... If she is the Goofy, is there a Pluto? Yes, we, we'll get to that eventually, but yes. Okay. So presumably she, in addition to these Japari buns, she may also be eating, like, field mice or whatever servals eat. Well, she's, serval, the girl, is human-shaped, so she survives off the Japari buns. Somehow the Japari buns are designed to fulfill human-animal hybrid calorie requirements. <laughs> ah. Yeah, it's, it's, oh. Try not to think about what's going on in, in there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this uh, this girl cannot remember anything about herself, or and she doesn't even know. Uh, you know, Serval suggests that she must be one of these uh, friends. The the name for these animal people eat, but she has no obvious animal features. Yeah, she has no. She's like a friend with no ears or tail. I'm thinking she, she's or wings, got, or expectation ears, of personal but... space being respected. <laughs> yes, yeah. Serval's a little gropey, a little handsy. Yeah, or, I guess in her case, a little pawsy. <laughs> there, there are occasions where she paws at stuff, and it's pretty adorable. So yeah, so she thinks you know she must be created by this sandstar, which is these these weird energon cubes that you occasionally see uh, sparkling in the background. 
And, you know, she points out a couple other uh, friends she's got. There's a gazelle uh, person. And uh, somebody she refers to as Zebra Chan, which just made me think of the Batman villain Zebra Man. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Zebra Chan. She's become a joke. Why? Aww, Please explain. She's not really... Well, because all we see is, like, a little bit of a head and two ears that kind of look like antenna. And... Because that's all you see, she kind of looks like the head of a slug. Okay. And there's a like a striped slug, so she's more often referred to as striped slug champ. Ouch. Poor zebra. I I liked that the subtitles specified it's not just a gazelle; it's a Thompson's gazelle. Yes. Yes. It's very specific. I I appreciated that. I mean, clearly they are, they labored to make this scientifically accurate. We even hear, during what I assume would be a commercial break, uh, what appears to be a phone call from a scientist uh, telling us about the, well, I guess it's a zookeeper, uh, telling us about the habits of the serval. The picture on screen when that happens is so adorable because it's just like a zoo, you know, animal enclosure and just, Servalchan is there, just like sitting on the bench with her tail twitching, and it's very cute. So she figures that uh, you know we you know we, but to find so to find out what you are, and she names her bag because she has a bag. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, it's her only <laughs> identifying characteristic. She has a kaban. Well, she tells she her has a hat. Yeah. Call her hat. What is this? It's a caban, a bag. Like, yeah, they could have called her hat. But, but she has a bag. A I don't bag. think. I think caban as a name sounds better in Japanese than bag as a name does in English. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it sounds like it, it, it has the right patter that feels like a name as bag. Nobody would be named bag. Yeah. You don't normally have names that end with a G and that sort of way. It's very harsh sounding. At least for a girl's name. I guess yeah. there's Marg. Peg. Marge. Not Marg. I like uh, like actress Marg Helgenberger from uh, CSI. And uh, that first Marge. species movie. <laughs> oh, no, wait, actually both species movies. She's in that second one, too. Oof. Oh, weird. Anyway, so they did... They- uh, Serval brings up the library where you can find out what you are, and quest log has been added. Yes. <laughs> so it's time for them to be attacked uh, by, I believe this is Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's this so they're weird called... cycloptic blue thing, which Serval refers to as a cerulean. Which, I mean, cerulean is a shade of blue. It's my favorite shade of blue. Yeah. There were two things I wrote down before this. One, when uh, Caban is sliding down the cliffside, oh yeah, her or her bag is producing the uh, energon sparklies. Ooh, ah, you huh. did notice that. Okay, um, I think we did see that in episode four. That when a friend gets injured, they don't bleed; they leak sparklies. Oh, so she was sliding down there. That is probably scraping her shins or hands or something. This is all weird and scary, and I don't like it. <laughs> yes. And then also, uh, Serful jumps across a bunch of rocks, and Kaban completely fails to do so and falls into water, and they expertly avoid showing any amount of swimming. Yep. <laughs> they just immediately cut to her looking like she just got out of water, and as best as they can do with the 3D they have, implying that... She is soaking wet from having fallen into water, but it doesn't last even, yeah. like, a second. Well, yeah, it's, it's like early Beast Wars. Water is a problem. Yeah. Yes. And oh, and, as they and note the later in the episode, she cannot swim. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. And Serval does say one of the best lines of the episode there when she's helping Kaban get back up. Uh, different friends are good at different things. Yeah. Serval's talking about, like, how she's super clumsy and, and super weak compared to other cats. Mm-hmm. And and it and she's trying to pick up Caban's like mood because Caban is like sad. It's like I don't know what I am. I'm lost. I keep falling. I'm falling behind this little cat girl. It's like no, you <laughs> keep trying. You're good at something. 
We'll find and it. And that does sort of, I mean, it almost invites this theme of, like, what are people good at in the context of the animal world? Uh, which, okay, I'm going to get philosophical here for a moment. I think it's then very appropriate that she is named after her bag, because I think the the what I get from this episode is that what people are good at in the context of the animal world is tools. <gasps> You've grasped the entire point of the show early! <laughs> Oh, and is the is the last episode of this like her smashing some stuff with a bone? Oh, we, there's another ten episodes we have to go through before we get there. Ha ha! I'm trying bah, not to spoil as much as I can. Bah, bah. It's, on, it's my skip, writer brain seeking out bah, themes. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, it's the rest of us critically analyzing this show that was not meant for. <laughs> Not primarily meant for adults. Yeah, yeah what, who is the, uh, who is the target audience for this show? Um, I think it was a late night show, so technically adults, but like the, the directors, they were, they were aiming for an all ages audience. Okay. The way they were making it. Because I mean, obviously. Sort of goes with the way, we, the, the zookeeper information bits, the, the, Dialogue that's kind of childish because the characters are children, but the you can feel hidden themes in there that are more important and interesting. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this was like an Adult Swim kind of thing. No, then it, Japan's pure comedy shows are very, very weird. Hmm. All right, so yeah, they are attacked by this cerulean, uh, but luckily Serval has. Uh, done this before, and she knows to attack its weak spot for massive damage. <laughs> <laughs> While shouting, meow, 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 meow. Yes. Yeah, which is helpfully it's... subtitled. Yes. <laughs> it's adorable and also helpfully subtitled. So yeah, she makes... And... Yeah, her claws make short work of this uh, giant enemy, or not-so-giant enemy blob, and it breaks apart into hospital jello. Yeah. Actually cube-shaped. Yes. As opposed to the stuff we've been calling Energon that is yeah. more weird random symbol-shaped in yeah. various colors. Yeah, they're random shapes. They're more rainbowy colored. These are like little... Sir, uh, they're kind of slightly Energy rounded Johnny. cubes. The same color. Yeah, they're the same color as the, the Cerulean was. They're Cerulean. Yeah. So they get out of there, They uh, and then they, they climb some, uh, some baobab trees. Uh, they... They take a break under a tree yes. first, and they realistically lit the light coming through the tree and hitting them for this scene. Yeah, it's nice. They they still did not give them shadows <laughs> to cast on the ground. Yeah, they, well, probably because, like, with, with the weird savannah grass, it's difficult and hard to do. It's like, ah, screw it. We'll just have tree shading on them. That's enough. And there's old signs on the tree. Faded out. Oh, I missed that on that one. Mm -hmm. And Serval is panting like a real cat. Yes. Yes. And she she comments that, like, uh, Kaban isn't panting. She's already recovered sitting under the tree, and then Serval's just breathing heavy, laying on the ground like a cat. It's just that she has sweat glands. Well, that too. (laughs) Doesn't require, uh, well, temperature control via her mouth. That's another so thing I, I guess humans are good at. Yes, yep. having sweat glands. Not so good at climbing trees, though. No. Nope. I I had to look this up because I was not sure whether or not these trees were real. Oh, yeah, baobab trees. Oh, yeah. They're weird-looking things. This is one of my first exposures to trees that look like this. Yeah, they are super weird-looking. Odd, fat trees. I mean, I just watch a lot of nature shows. Uh, they look like a root vegetable if it was the size of a skyscraper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, before we got the more familiar acacia trees, uh, known to anybody who watches nature on PBS. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but Serval climbs up them, meow, 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 easily, and, and then Kaban says, I can't climb that, so Serval finds a smaller, fatter tree, and... Kaban still has trouble getting up that, so there's a bit of butt touching to help her get up. Just yes. to give her a boost. Yeah. 
And a boost that does involve uh, the butt touching. <laughs> so they do yeah. that, they get a bit of a look around, and then they go to the old watering hole, where nobody seems to be. <laughs> they don't have the budget for that many more characters this episode. Uh, this episode, no. <laughs> Later, they blew their budget on the spike on the striped slug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was kind of hoping we'd get to see like a like a crocodile person in here. Yeah, um, I think the snakes are the only reptile. Oh no, there is another reptile we do see later. Because instead, there is one resident of this, and that is uh, hippo. The hippo. Yay! Who is wearing a Tron suit for some reason? She well, looks it's, like it's the like Black Widow. Nothing about this character design says hippo to me. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, she, at the very most, you'd expect ears. her to be a little, uh, a little more Rubenesque. Yeah, well, she's <laughs> um, curvier than the other two. I mean, this is true. She's got uh, more of a bust than the other two, too, and, and I guess a butt. But she's yeah, she's in like this sort of um, Black Widow leather latex outfit. It's like I a mean, black. A black bodysuit with, like, bright red, possibly glowing red accents on it. Just looked like a Tron suit. And I originally thought she was supposed to be some sort of spider person, because her hairstyle, which I guess is supposed to look like the jaws of a hippo, just kind of looks like spider mouth parts. Kind of, yeah. It's a weird design. But uh, luckily, unlike actual hippos, which are very mean, very territorial... And mark their territory by doing a propeller trick to spread their feces with their tails. <laughs> well, she she starts off as kind of standoffish a bit and, and like, telling Serval to not do shit and, and then telling Kaban that uh, the rule here in Japari Park is that you must fend for yourself. Yes. But then as they're walking away, she keeps... Saying comments, Serval, be sure to watch out for yourself. Uh, uh, don't attack a big cerulean. And she's just being a mom as they're walking away. <laughs> Have fun storming the castle. Just as they're getting progressively further away, there's just her momming at them from further and further away. It's pretty good. And so they journey on, and they do get... Uh, uh, they and they find they do... a flat thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they do note that hippos can't swim, which is true. Ha. They just kind of bounce along the bottom, but they can do that very quickly. <laughs> because they're big. Yes. Hippos are actually incredibly dangerous. Yes, yes, yeah. they are. They will mess you up. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> and poop on They're you. a giant pair of jaws with legs. <laughs> yes, just because they're herbivores. Just because they won't kill you for meat doesn't mean they won't kill you. I mean, they only have, like, four teeth, but they're really big teeth. Yes. yes. Like baseball bats. So, yeah, we, uh, they, they, they continue their journey. They come to uh, what appears to be an old zoo sign, complete with a bunch of intact brochures. Yeah. Yeah, the, the survivability <laughs> of objects in this show is variable. Wildly. I mean, I assume this is somehow post-apocalyptic. And Serval can't get at it because she couldn't, she didn't realize it was a thing to open and she just sort of paused at the lid a couple times and it's adorable. Yeah, it's, it's a plastic flippy, clear plastic with, with a couple maps inside. A map! We have a map. We are on a quest. Yes. There is a decent bit about this that's very, like, I know you said it was based on a game, but there's, I don't even know how much of this is just from the game or just game logic, but, you know, she keeps, Serval talks a lot about friend skills in a way that feels very based on a game. Feels very game mechanic-y. And uh, I will say, I do love uh, the sort of zoo aesthetic this show has going for it. Yes. We've got zoo brochures, zoo signs. Uh, Soon enough, we're going to have a zoo-mobile. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we will get a zoo mobile. And there's a whole library where we might find zoo books. <laughs> Damn it. No. O- only if they uh they they ordered them uh from 80s TV somehow. Oh, that would be great before the world ended in whatever way it possibly ended. 
Oh, and maybe the world somehow ended in the 80s here. Ooh. Fascinating. And somehow Ronald Reagan destroyed the Earth. <laughs> oh, somehow. Oh, man, this, this is in continuity with the uh, Land of Confusion video, where horrifying Muppet <laughs> Ronald Reagan accidentally uh, launches nukes while trying to summon oh. a nurse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's uh, that's some nurse. Uh, that's... That's weirder than I was thinking. I, I was kind of hoping that, like, it's related to um, Escape from New York, and we're going to see Snake Chan eventually. Oh, uh, well, she would be an actual snake, like Kurt Russell. <laughs> and yes, she would be an actual snake. I'm still stuck on the Zoo Books thing. Them getting twelve issues for only nineteen ninety five, and if you order now, they'll throw in the special striped slug issue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they finally get to the gate out of the savannah area, but it is being guarded by a gigantic cerulean. And also, Serval has a shadow now. Yes. <laughs> well, we're we're on a flat um, roadway, so uh, you know they, they can animate a shadow there. And this one has a whole good. bunch. Of, this one has a whole bunch of tentacles, and it's sort of strung between uh, this gate. Yeah, and it's it can reaching sort of use out its for entire the body as a wrecking ball. <laughs> yes. It didn't mean to break your heart. <laughs> and Serval jumping away when it wrecking balls the road is like she just sort of boings away in a straight line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Animation slows down and just pauses there to see. Shh, that's a weird pose. Kitty. But it's so much bigger, so oh, how could Serval Chan fight it by herself? And she can't even find the stone! No, and it turns out it is way on its back, so she is so they're somehow gonna need to make it turn all the way around. But it's a good thing that Bag, despite not knowing anything about what species she is, does know how to make a paper airplane. <laughs> yes. It's like she she knows things but not about herself. Yes. Mm-hmm. She has manual dexterity to make a paper airplane, which Flies by and for a second confuses the serval and, and, and it confuses the cerulean way more as it yes. watches the paper airplane fly away. Look, uh, a diversion. Yes. <laughs> and it works. That's I mean, what I don't humans know how... are good for. Diversions. I mean, I don't know how intelligent these ceruleans are. Or they don't seem very literally anything about them. <laughs> Except that they are apparently dangerous. They have hilariously obvious weak spots, and they're made out of hospital jello. Yes. I I kind of loved the lovingly rendered shot of the paper airplane wiggling back and forth on its trajectory. Yes. And sparkling. Yes. And also, it's sound... There is crazy techno music playing during this scene that makes it sound like the beat is imminently about to drop. (laughs) Oh, yes. Or possibly that we are... Somebody is about to yell, turn down for what? God, this show would fit so well with the tone of that video. <laughs> and that was, I there's an actress on that uh, on that show Glow that I've been watching on Netflix that, and I could not figure out what I pl- what I could place her from, and it turns out it's that video. Oh, huh. Huh. oh! I gotta get around to watching Glow. It's a good show. Uh, oh, speaking of trans- uh, female wrestlers, the, the the cerulean is not entirely distracted. One of its uh, Tentacles turns into a mouth and shoots towards... Was it going for Kaban or Servor? It's going for Kaban. I think it was going for Kaban. Yeah. But uh, uh, helpful mom Hippo has been following behind them and reprimands the, the Cerulean for have, thinking it can fight her with a big mouth. Yes. Because she is the biggest mouth of all, even though, again, it's only her hair, so I'm not 100% sure how this works. <laughs> it just does. She... I guess she eats a lot of Japari buns when no one's looking. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the the stone has, the weak spot has been exposed uh, on a s- sensitive underbelly. Serval attacks with shining Serval finger. <laughs> her, her hand actually glows when she's yes. Flash. Yeah. She smacks it. There's a nice delayed reaction where the the cerulean sort of pushes in where the stone is. And for a couple seconds, it holds like a balloon, and then explodes into giant blue dice. Yeah, or energon cubes. 
Yeah, yeah and our drunk cubes. One shadow run roll. <laughs> so, yeah, they've survived that. Hippo goes back to the Savannah area, and uh, the, the Caban and Serval decide to part ways. Well, well first, Serval asks, what was that? It was a paper airplane. Where'd you get it? I made that. You made that? She's so, so excited, she shakes the entire screen. Yes. And then they uh, fade in to clearly later, and when they're doing the goodbye scene, I love that they don't even call attention to it, but Serval has arms just filled with paper airplanes. Yes. And, and they're like, they're little wrinkled paper airplanes. So you could tell that, like, the one that Kaban made was like a perfect airplane. The one Servals are holding are all wrinkled. So you know, she was the one making those because they're imperfect. Aww. She's being taught. It's cute. Oh, and, and the music is, is like, like soft and touching. Melodramatic. Because humans are friends who are good at tools. So they're saying goodbye, and, and it, it's very heartfelt, and, and Serval tells her, you, you can call me friend. Well, Tomodachi, not friend, friend, because Japanese translation things, and goodbye. Because and Japanese using English words. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, because a, a friend is a thing, and a friend is, is a friend. It's levels. Anyway, so <laughs> Kaban eventually starts to walk away as the sun is setting, turns around. Serval waves, still holding the paper airplanes. Caban takes another two steps, turns around, wave, and, and repeat for a little bit Aww. before Caban is finally confident enough to walk through the gate and continue into the jungle zone, which is really dark. Yes. It's spooky. Because it's howling. nighttime. I mean, and as we know, you know, you, it will bring you to your knees. Knees. <laughs> oh. Uh. So yeah. It, it, anyway, this goodbye doesn't last for long because Serval is going with her to the library. Of course, yeah. Don't eat me. <laughs> Don't eat me. I won't. They do that again, and yes. And Serval did. Serval intend to let her go, and and just thought about it later, or because she made the thing that like next time I see you, Caban, call me Serval Chan, not just Serval, because we're friends. And then she's insisting, call me Serval Chan now, once she meets back up again like five minutes later. Yes. And Kaban is like, but we just parted. She's like, but we did it, so it counts. It's very cute. It's all very cute. It's a very cute show. So, but before we can end our episode, something else comes out of the night. A terrifying... Specter. Well, yeah, because they're taking shelter under a a sign, another faded sign, a bigger sign with arrows pointing who the hell knows where, mm-hmm. that actually has two working lights on top of it, because Caban is probably scared of the dark, where Serval is happy because she's nocturnal, she's bouncing around like crazy, and she starts scratch, scratching at, like, a, a telephone pole. or something, yeah. And just, it must have been so, I don't know, termite infested or something that it just falls over and, and it wakes up and the little robot thing out of the woods. Yes. Well, we don't know it's a robot yet. And Serval calls it boss? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I assume that there were a bunch of these things that sort of like ran the park. Well, we're not given that. The, the friends know that they're around, but well, at least Serval just calls them boss because... It's just little, this little thing with ears and, and a tail and only two legs that walks around and, and has glowing eyes and doesn't talk. It Be, talks! Beware, I live. <laughs> Come on. Yes! This thing's called Lucky Beast? Yes. Is this, like, a pun that I'm missing in Japanese, or... Huh? Okay. Who knows? I mean, I was hoping one of you would. Because I clearly don't. Uh, maybe maybe next time we'll figure it out. Or I was hoping one of the resident good. animaniacs could uh, help me out here. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm out of baloney. <laughs> uh, I don't want to sing the state song or the country song. <laughs> no, don't do it. Anyway, so Serval is kind of surprised that, that what she calls boss, the lucky beast, can talk. That 
she's sort of shaking and making, and, and there's a weird sound effect that sounds like it's from a Scooby-Doo episode. Playing. Yes. So we uh, we we cut to credits. Yay! The opening song. Okay. <laughs> And this this was also like a hit, sort of, or like the theme tune? Uh, presumably it sold well. I don't know. I would guess. But hey, like a, like a Marvel movie, we've got a post-credit scene. <laughs> it is a very Marvel movie style post-credit <gasps> oh, no. scene, too, that it's a dun-dun-dun. Is it Nick Fury or Thanos? Uh, yes. I, I think it's a... It is kind of there is a bit of a Marvel connection here because it's a raccoon. Yay! <laughs> now this, this raccoon, is just like a regular raccoon and not uh, a tanuki. It, yes, it's it's a regular common raccoon, uh, and the other animal, a fennec, calls her a rye, which I think is the common part of common raccoon. Okay, so I we we didn't have to want to have to deal with somehow incorporating giant testicles into this character's design. <laughs> Yes, no. and to this young girl character's design. I mean, she maybe she just have like really baggy cargo shorts or something. Maybe. Well, a tanuki is actually a completely different species. It's I don't even think it's actually related to raccoons. It's just sort of raccoon. I, I don't. It's like a raccoon so. dog. It's raccoon. What, what what it would look like is if you cross, cross a raccoon and a dog, and I don't think it's related to either that closely. Okay. Let's see. It is a subspecies of the. It is in the family Canidae, apparently, so it is related to dogs, but it's not an actual dog. Uh-huh. Yeah, it looks like it's, anyway, the, it's, it's the only species in its genus, so it's not closely related to other, like, you know, dogs Anything. or coyotes or wolves. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it survived for many generations on an island. <laughs> <laughs> well, series of big islands. I mean, obviously its fur was... Uh, Obviously, prized for years by uh, Italian plumbers. <laughs> it's very sad. Very sad. I mean, he just kept going through those things. Yeah. Um, well, they were just massacring those solely for by the need for that man to jump on a bunch of turtles and mushrooms. Like a suit out of your skin. And to think he could have just used a leaf. Anyway, the the raccoon is sniffing around at the ground looking for something, like she's a detective or something. And, and then she says, if they escape, the park will be in grave danger! Ooh. <gasps> dun dun! Oh no, they're going to destroy everything. Not entirely end of episode. Penguin grows on popsicle sticks. Yes. Oh yeah, the, the, the PPP preview. What is the deal with that? Like, why do we not get the actual ones, but instead they're cardboard cutouts? Were they... Did the animation budget just completely run out? A, because it's cheaper. B, maybe it's supposed to be cute. C, it, it's a thing I've seen actually before in anime. I th- oh, there was one anime that actually did it with actual cutouts and actual paper sticks. <laughs> but I think, or was it CG too? I don't know. It, it, it's I don't know why it's a thing, but it crops up every once in a while. I mean, they're, hmm. Maybe they're going for a uh, South Park kind of look. I don't. I think it. No, the, the first one I remember seeing. I think it was even older than that. Wow. Huh. <laughs> Maybe it's a reference to some old kids show or something. Maybe. Oh, uh, that's like how they should have finished Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. When the budget ran out, just have like little cutouts of everyone. A cutout of what's his name. And so, just a giant purple motorcycle glove coming in from off frame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like the end of Holy Grail where they're just interrupted by the cops. Yes. <laughs> yes. Keep in mind, I have not seen any Evangelion. 
Aww. It's probably for the best. I'm somehow the one white American, well, one white North American guy who was probably the right age to see it, but somehow did not. <sighs> Alas. I mean, they're a bunch of freaky looking robots. Uh, there's a guy named Shinji who is not ordered robots. to get in the robot. It's yes. not a robot. I mean, they're. You just yeah. call it a robot. There is a robot in the series, but. Well, I mean. And they fight a bunch of weird, lumpy guys. They're clearly designed <laughs> so that the. I mean, it's. The, the fact that they are not actually robots is like a big friggin' reveal, so. Yeah, it's. Is it in the midpoint of the series? I can't remember. It's around there, yeah. But they look weird to begin... They, they look like even skinnier Ultramans. Hell, in the first episode, you see bits of armor ripped off and flesh underneath. Well, Gross. yeah, that's kind of a, a hint that... They have teeth! Giant robots usually don't have teeth or rules. <laughs> so it's kind of like a giant Giver. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Except it's also about religion and, I assume, deep-seated parental issues. Yeah. It's about deep-seated parental issues. It's about Christianity the way Thor comics are about uh, Norse mythology. Yeah, it's really more just that the terminology was really... seemed really interesting, so (laughs) it's not really about any of that at all. No, the entire point is... They were using a foreign mythology in place of, like, anything normal to make it seem, ooh, spooky and strange. And it just happened to be Christianity. Yes. I was like how in every every other horror movie is something spooky involving druids. <laughs> yeah, yes. I like that. Yes. But, uh, but mostly it's, it's about mental illness and... <laughs> issues and it's the sort of thing where the creator like tried to kill himself during the production and you can kind of get that feeling you're not really surprised to hear that yeah it's it's a creator going through depression and working it out through animation which i don't know he turned out good in the end he made a good godzilla movie (laughs) he he worked through it i'm into that sort of stuff I don't know. Ava, I have problems with Avon. Anyway, on the other side, Kimono Friends. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is pretty far from not... that. I don't think anybody's working through any issues here unless they are, like, a secret furry. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably the biggest issue being worked through is coming to terms with their own furriness. I did go back and listen. Lucky Beast is just Lucky Beast said in English, so ah. I don't think it's a pun. Okay. It might be a, it's in English, so it's supposed to sound strange and slightly alien, but... The terrifying lucky beast. (laughs) (laughs) Dun dun. Well, there is a bit of existential horror in this, in that Bag doesn't know where she is, where she came from, what she is. I mean, she seems to be the last human alive. I mean, presumably there's, you know, more to be... This, it's weird that this is... This show that is, you know, ostensibly kind of for kids is kind of set up with this sort of Lost-esque central mystery and this bizarre setting. Yes, you can kind of see why this became popular because there's a mystery going on. But beneath the, hey, this is cute animal girls. Something else is going on. Why does this look like a deserted park? It's like The Prisoner if you didn't have the opening sequence that told you kind of what the basic deal of The Prisoner was. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. Although people are not, like, trying to murder her and she's not a number. She doesn't have a name. So. Yeah, she doesn't have a name. Less active hostility. No one here in Japari Park has a name. Your name is Bag. Oh, and the Cerulean, <laughs> it, the second Cerulean is like a giant ball. I mean, is anybody riding around on, like, old-timey bicycles later on? Ooh. But, uh, I remember the Ceruleans in, in the, the other end. episode. In the other episode, they're orange or red? Uh, yes, because I remember noting that they were specifically not Cerulean. I think they were purple. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. It's like people, balls. it's like Chevy Cobalts that aren't blue. <laughs> or, uh, or Barry White. <laughs> yes, except there's not... An option to have him in white. That's just the way he is. That's the uh, only I think they option. call that Tom Jones. 
Well, okay. Yes. <laughs> There's that. But yes, it's yeah, the, this is weirdly kind of the vil- kind of uh the prisoner except mm. with adorable animal people. Yeah. That's yeah. my theory and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I I think that's a good theory. I approve. Thumbs up. We'll, we'll see. So yeah, that is uh, that is it for uh, for this episode of Kimono Friends. I guess we will see. Yeah, I I got this is kind of grown on me, like uh, like a fungus. I do like a good <laughs> mystery. Specifically, maybe like those that fungus that like gets into ants and makes them kill themselves. Maybe. Ah, no. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> It's the cordyceps of uh, TV series. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, David. It was kind of fun. We don't mean it. I mean, yes, we... he may mean it, but... I Jokes about how it. things are torture are fun sometimes. Yes. It's it's okay. We, we can still be kimono friends instead of kimono enemies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> So yeah, that that should do it uh, for uh, for this episode. But thank you again, Patreon listeners. I hope you enjoyed it. Next month, uh, if there's nothing else we can think of, we'll probably be doing more Kimono Friends. Uh, maybe. Uh, does anything come out? Um, uh, that new Spider-Man show is coming out. Oh, um, I'm sure. I we think can. I've started seeing reviews of that already. Yeah, it's it's this it's tomorrow actually. Uh, tomorrow, as in uh, Saturday the the nineteenth. Oh, okay, maybe. Uh, if everybody gets Disney XD. I don't know. I didn't think I did, but then I was looking for that new DuckTales, and I do get Disney XD. Well, they yeah. put DuckTales online, that's how I saw it. I yeah. God, uh, that new DuckTales was so good. That was yeah. very good. I'd say maybe we should do that instead. <laughs> we could do that. We, we could certainly do that. <laughs> it's an option. So, Kimono Friends, Spider-Man's, more Ducky Tales, or whatever. Because I don't know that there's anything that we're going to be seeing in theaters until uh, Thor Ragnarok in November. Oh, yeah. so good. Oh, my God. That, that does look excellent. So excited. Yeah. Oh, oh, Maybe the, the Jap- like- I saw the international trailer for that. And the, the international trailer, at least in Japan, is Mighty Thor Battle Royale. <laughs> awesome. That's pretty good. And it's got some uh, some Doctor Strange in there, and I'm still not used to American accent Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Still weird. Is it really that much weirder than British accent Benedict Cumberbatch? I mean, that's at least his natural state of being. Yeah, it's what you're used to. It's like if Martin Freeman started going around talking with an American accent, which I guess he does. He does! In those does Captain America movies, but... Yeah, and I just it's got weird. that Black Panther trailer. He's American in that again. It's still weird. Ah, uh, so weird. Some some British actors, I, I guess it's whatever you see them doing first. Like Hugh Laurie is fine in English to me. Yeah, American. I, didn't, I oh. didn't know he was British for years. You never saw Stuart Little? I Stuart actually did Little. not. No. I'm, I'm still not convinced that uh, Gary Oldman is actually British. <laughs> <laughs> and people say he's British, and I believe them, but... Uh, I have yet to see any convincing evidence to uh, suggest this. <laughs> it's understandable. Whereas Cumberbatch, you can definitely tell he's uh, British because he's he's kind of doing the... Uh, well, it's it's much like what Hugh Laurie does on House, where I'm just kind of growling all the time, so you can't tell I'm British. <laughs> Tilda Swinton, fix my hands. <laughs> Anyway, before we go too far off, oh on man, and you know they're going to give we... him and Martin Freeman a scene together in that Avengers, in that Infinity Wars, at gag, no! and it's going to be so weird. They don't have to be in everything together. They'll just be in like one thing, and it'll be a gag, and it'll be weird. <laughs> yeah, but it, the, gag on which thing they've done together is the problem. Wait, they've done multiple things together. Just no, just a gag on. That they have done so much together. Oh right, they're both the in that Hobbit, those Hobbits movies. Sherlock. Yeah. Oh, I would, I would go Hobbit. I would just have him scare him off by creating a vision of a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that character is just inexplicably scared of dragons. I mean, if you saw something with jaws that could basically swallow you whole. You'd run in the other direction. That That is fair, that fear of dragons is not really ever that inexplicable. No. 
there. Anyway, we should, uh... Yeah, so... Uh, let's so once please... again thank our uh, powerful patron people for providing us with uh, money so we can watch these things. Thank you, PPP. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. So, in, so, until next, so until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Japari Park is frightening in the dark. <laughs> I'm Alex. Sugoi! I'm David. Sugoi! seeing you. That ended up being a long episode again, too, but we digressed at the beginning. Well, like I said, as long as... I, I haven't given away any of the big things, but I let a few things go. I have 15 minutes to to get on for my raid, so that's fine. I should stop my recording. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs>